Public health programs and safety net hospitals will continue to get federal funding, at least temporarily. Drug makers agree to negotiate drug prices with Medicare even as they continue their legal fight over the process. And parents and caregivers across the country struggle to get COVID vaccines for children. It's Wednesday, October 4th. I'm Jay Carlisle Larson, and this is Just Healthcare Daily, where you get the headlines and health business and policy news in 10 minutes or less. Federal funding cuts to public health programs, safety net hospitals, and community health centers have been averted, at least for now. On Saturday, congressional lawmakers came together to approve a last-minute bipartisan deal that will fund the government and avoid a shutdown until mid-November. The spending bill was approved in the Senate by an 88-9 vote on Saturday. The continuing resolution passed in a 335-91 vote in the House earlier that day. It was later signed by President Biden. Under the stopgap measure, payments to Medicaid disproportionate share hospitals, as well as funding for federally qualified health centers, will continue through November 17th. It also delays funding cuts of more than $8 billion to safety net hospitals until then. Funding will also continue for the Teaching Health Center Graduate Medical Education Program and the National Health Service Corps through the same date. The measure also extends the ability of the National Disaster Medical System to request federal workers be moved to support responses to public health emergencies. It also remains to be seen what will happen next with congressional lawmakers, given the ongoing political fights over the long-term spending bill. Late Tuesday afternoon, Republican Representative Kevin McCarthy of California was ousted from his position as House Speaker after he compromised on the short-term spending bill with Democrats. If a government shutdown were to happen, Medicare and Medicaid payments to providers would continue and the health care exchanges would continue to operate. However, the Department of Health and Human Services previously warned that FDA inspections could be impacted and it would be forced to furlough half of its workforce. Major pharmaceutical companies will participate in Medicare's drug price negotiations, even after several have filed legal challenges to the process. The White House announced on Tuesday that all of the manufacturers of the 10 prescription drugs selected for the first round of price negotiations, including Novo Nordisk, AstraZeneca, and Bristol-Myers Squibb, will enter into negotiations with Medicare. The passage of the Inflation Reduction Act in 2022 gave Medicare the authority to negotiate negotiate prescription drug prices for the first time. In late August, the Department of Health and Human Services unveiled the first 10 drugs that would be part of the negotiation process. The list includes brand name drugs that treat chronic conditions like diabetes and rheumatoid arthritis, as well as medications to prevent strokes and treat heart failure. HHS said at the time that the 10 drugs chosen for the first round of negotiations account for more than $50 billion in total Part D covered prescription drug costs for the period between June 1, 2022 and May 31 of this year. It also said that around 9 million Medicare Part D enrollees took these drugs during that time period and paid $3.4 billion in out-of-pocket costs. 
Negotiations could be complicated, however, by the number of lawsuits filed on behalf of drug manufacturers and their allies challenging the negotiation process. Many of the suits claim the process is unconstitutional on the grounds that it violates the drug maker's First Amendment rights by allegedly forcing them to agree to prices that they may not support, and that it violates the Fifth Amendment by not adequately compensating manufacturers for their property. On Friday, an Ohio-based federal court judge denied an attempt by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce to halt the implementation of the program. It's not known at this time how much prices could fall as a result of the negotiation process. The government will start negotiating with the pharmaceutical companies next year, though the prices negotiated for the first set of drugs will not go into effect until 2026. Parents and guardians across the United States are reporting that they're having difficulty getting their children the latest COVID vaccine. Among the complaints coming from parents include issues scheduling an appointment for the vaccine, age cutoffs at pharmacies, and issues with insurance reimbursement. Last month, the Food and Drug Administration and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention both approved the latest mRNA vaccines from Pfizer and Moderna that target the Omicron variant XBB.1.5 which had been the dominant strain earlier this summer. These new vaccines were authorized for everyone over the age of six months. However, the rollout and availability of the vaccines has been inconsistent nationwide, especially for children under the age of 12. And difficulty accessing the shots for children comes as there's a steady increase in COVID-related pediatric hospital admissions across the country. According to the American Academy of Pediatrics, recent analysis of data from the Department of Health and Human Services finds that hospital admissions among children under the age of 18 has increased nearly fivefold from 237 during the week that ended June 17th to 1,175 admissions during the week that ended on September 9th. About half of all recent admissions for COVID illnesses were for children under the age of four. Children under the age of five typically have the lowest COVID vaccination rates. According to CDC data, less than 1% of children under five have received the bivalent booster. Some experts worry that the COVID vaccination rate will continue to drop if families continue to have issues accessing the new vaccines. For pediatric practices, many providers have expressed frustration over a lack of information related to when the pediatric doses will be more widely available. And pediatricians are also weighing how many vaccines to order up front while waiting for more information from health insurers regarding their reimbursement rates. Overall, the rollout of the vaccine has been bumpy across the country, regardless of age group, as this is the first time that private health insurers have been required to cover the vaccine, not the federal government. Anecdotally, many Americans have reported that their insurance had denied coverage for the vaccine, necessitating that they pay out of pocket. In some cases, people reported needing to pay upwards of $200 for the shot. Late last month, payers informed HHS that technical issues tied to billing codes for the vaccines had largely been resolved. An estimated 1.8 million Americans received the updated shots during the week that ended on September 22nd.
This is Just Healthcare Daily. I'm Jay Carlisle Larson. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave us a rating or a review. It helps other listeners find the program. You can check out more insights on healthcare business and policy news at justhealthcare.com. You can also get these insights emailed directly to your inbox when you subscribe to our newsletter, The Weekly Gist. The GIST Healthcare podcast is an independent production of GIST Healthcare, a Kaufman Hall company.